Well, good morning. Now it's my turn to share. I told Adam we were praying this morning. I said, uh, I'm going to have a few jokes at your expense, just to let you know. And he told me he preached a lot more than I did. So we'll see how that works out. I'm glad to be here, though. I'm really glad to be able to share the testimony of what the Lord did in Ethiopia for Adam and I, and the testimony of the men we got to meet and fellowship with over that week. But before we do that, uh, let's open in a word of prayer today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity it was to be able to go and to minister to men and women in another country, Lord, to see how they worshiped, to see what the Lord is doing in their lives, to see what our missionaries are up to, Lord, and how they minister. Lord, it was an extremely humbling experience. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share these words and testimonies, Lord, and to bring their prayer requests before the people here. Lord, as we go before you, as we look at your word, Lord, this just uh, may it be your words, not mine. May it be the testimonies of what you've done, not what these people have done. In your name and for your sake, amen. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to be today. Romans chapter 12, we're only going to look at one verse today. Romans 12, verse 12. The scripture passage says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Are there things you don't care for in life? Are there things you just don't think you want to do? You know, there's a lot of things out there I don't think I'd want to do. I don't want to go deep sea diving. Never wanted to do that. Know why? There's sharks in water. And I have an irrational fear of sharks. They smile at you if they come at you. I don't like it. So there's a few other things that I've never thought I'd really rather do. One of them was go to Africa. Kim and I, when we first got together, Kim has always had a passion to go to Africa. She told me, she said, when we first got together, she says, I feel, she says, in fact, before we got to marry, she thought she was going to be a missionary to Africa. She married me, and I told her I had no desire to go to Africa at all. So, you know, there we are, Africa. Look at another slide here. This is one of the only animals that I saw that I didn't get to see in the U.S. Everything else was donkeys and horses and goats. It's like we had these in the U.S. Where's the lions and the tigers? Uh, well, tigers are in India. Never mind. Uh, but yeah, this is the only animal. We got to see this monkey right here. Uh, Adam got the picture of it. I, I saw it walking away as we go up. He got to sit in the front. We were a little afraid of COVID at that point. Uh, Ficado, our, our sponsor, was sick. And... Uh, we didn't really want to sit next to him, so guess who got to sit next to him on a three-hour car ride? Ambo. Yeah, as he sniffled and coughed. Uh, yeah, it was like, I am going to be stuck in Africa for another five days. There's another thing I really don't care for, uh, big cities. I really don't care for big cities very much. We stayed for almost three days in Addis Ababa, which is the capital city. That, their population is about 5 million. 
four to five million, I looked it up just to be on the safe side. Pretty large, there's lots of people. And by, we, we noticed one thing, we, when we went to breakfast about six, no one in Africa gets up at six in the morning. Hardly anybody, we saw it. So we went to the cafe, to, to get, they were closed. We went to 7.30, they were still closed. They didn't open until eight. And we really didn't see people until what, about 7.30? So if you, don't, if you like to sleep in, go to Africa, because that seems to be the place to go. Uh, yeah, so it, there's one other thing I really don't care for, and this happens to be the national drink of this country that we went to, and that would be coffee. <laughs> coffee. 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 And did I mention coffee? Everywhere, Coffee. And one of the things they do in Ethiopia is they have a ritual. They call it a coffee ritual. And one of the ladies, they're, they're very sweet ladies there over there, they take a, an open fire, they have this little urn-looking thing, and it, it's charcoal, and they, they roast the beans right in front of you, and then they grind them, and they, they, they boil them in the, in the water, and then they serve them to you, and then after all that, how do you tell them No. I drank more coffee in Ethiopia than I have in my whole life. So much to the fact that we went by a Starbucks on our way home, and Adam's like, since you drink coffee so much now, I'll get you a Starbucks if you really want it. <laughs> did we have fun? Yeah, I think we had fun. As you can see here, Adam did. <laughs> now, I will clarify this, because I think I'm better. I actually asked permission to do this, but not from Adam. I go to Dennis. I showed him the picture. I said, hey, do you think this is a good picture to share? He goes, sure, why not? You notice he's not here today. Uh, actually, this was a really good drink. It's the only coffee-flavored drink I liked a lot while we were there. It was a caramel-flavored coffee beverage. It actually had carbonation in it. I know it looks a little suspect, but uh, no, it was actually a very, it was really good. It was really sweet. A little bit of carbonation to it. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. But yes, we did have a good time while we were there. We had several interesting conversations, most of which I won't share with you uh, for the sake of, yeah. Anyway, but we did have a good time. Um, but I remember being very, very nervous about this and, and going, and uh, I sought some advice from some of our people here at the church. And uh, if you want to seek advice and you want a blunt answer, get it from Aaron Omnis. Uh, he's very good at this. I, I go to him considering he's been overseas many times. It's like, what do you think? And he goes, he gave me two pieces of advice. He said, uh, I think you'd be stupid if you don't go. Which, you know, words of wisdom there. Um, and also he goes, uh, well, you know, other people have survived when they went. Why not you? <laughs> On those words of encouragement, I did go. And yes, we did have a good time. And it was a very interesting experience. Uh, I was extremely tired through some of it. Some of it, we didn't sleep very well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about those things now. But we did have a fun. Uh, but there was a lot of questions we had. One was, did we have fun? Another one is, how was the food? Or how was the food? Well, the food was pretty good. This was the first day we were there. This was what saved Africa for me. This little dessert right here. Uh, it was a strawberry-flavored chocolate dessert. Uh, I, 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 don't think, I think you had a little of it, didn't you, Adam? Yeah, it was pretty good. They had a little bakery and a cafe where, where we, we ate breakfast while we were in Addis, and that was, 
Actually, very delightful to eat. It was like, oh, so there's something there. But they looked at me strange when I ordered a bottled water and didn't want coffee. So, yeah, you know, there's that. I also, we can look at a few other ones here. We'll just slide through there. Uh, I ordered avocado juice because I was told to get it. There's a language barrier over there. I got carrot juice. Uh, incidentally, if you want to know what carrot juice tastes, if you've never had carrot juice, it tastes like carrot. I don't recommend it. Uh, this is another one. Uh, this was uh, this was called chicken tibs. This was what we had while we with our caramel flavored drink there. Um, the the bread to the left there is called injera. It is a distilled bread. They do not use forks over there. Uh, they dip everything in bread. And the injera, I don't recommend it. It's rather bitter, and, uh, but the, the rest of the food was pretty good. The tibs was good, but that wasn't chicken. That was actually beef. Why they call it chicken tibs, I have no idea. Uh, but actually, Adam had the lamb version of that, and he, I think he liked it as well. This was probably my favorite thing that we ate there or drank there. Uh, you could get juice there, but it looks more like a smoothie, doesn't it? It, it actually was. Uh, I got a, my favorite one was a strawberry avocado mango. That was really good. We had one of those every night. It, was like, it made it a little bit worthwhile to get, to get done with the day because we would come and get one of those. I think there's one more slide there of food. Yep, this is a cafe we, we ate at. Uh, you can see uh, on the left there's Matt, and in the middle there's Greg and Mike as they're listening to Adam to talk about something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but, you know, keeping our spirits up because Adam always had a smile on his face through this whole thing. Even as he sat there and said, we are doomed several times. <laughs> Yes, uh, I think we'll go to the next slide there, yep. Uh, this was ombo water, and it was actually bottled in water. It's a seltzer water, but it doesn't taste seltzery. It actually just tasted like regular fizz water. I don't know how to explain it, but it's probably one of the best drinks we had there. Um, it was really good. Uh, it settled your stomach. And as you can see, they did have American food there. There's your hamburger and fries. Uh, their burgers did not taste like our American burgers. In fact, the one thing I did tell Matt, Mike Rudolph, when I was getting ready to leave, he asked me what I was looking forward to. I said, I feel like Iron Man in that last movie. I said, I just want an American cheeseburger. So there we are for the, the food. So it wasn't too bad there as we go, just as long as we could keep our stomachs settled enough to eat some of these things. But uh, all the, some other questions that were asked. What stood out to me the most? Well, the garbage stood out to me the most. Do you know that this was the behind my, uh, this was in what I saw from my bedroom in Ombo. Uh, yeah, that's the, the, I don't know if it was a recycling center. These are mounds of garbage in Addis, right in the center of the town. In fact, if you look closely enough, there are actually people climbing up the garbage mounds. Uh, they actually, that's what they do. They pick the garbage and try to see if they can find anything useful in it. They don't believe in garbage cans over there. Very interesting. Most of the people just dropped whatever they had if there was garbage on the ground. I, being an American and being yelled at so many times for doing that as a kid, I, I couldn't do it. I ended up having a lot of garbage in my backpack. <laughs> I just couldn't throw anything away. So yeah, it was, that was the way that worked. But yes, this is what it was like. They actually said that it, they used to have a village right there. The mound actually collapsed on top of the village and, burying some people at some point. So yeah, the garbage. Another thing that stood out to me was the traffic. Traffic was interesting. The first day we got there, it was, we were at our hotel, 
And when we got there, we actually decided that we, or we didn't decide, we just, we followed Mike wherever we went. It was just like, okay, Mike, where are we going next? Uh, but uh, we had to cross this road right here, you see uh, on your right. And uh, the traffic was coming really heavy. And anybody remember, I mean, some of us are older. Anybody remember the video game Frogger? And yeah, you can raise your hand if you got. I felt like that frog walking through across there. I'm sitting there going, okay, if I can dodge this truck, I'll make it across. There's no crosswalks in Addis at all. So you really literally just dodged it and hope they slowed down. Uh, so yeah, that was, the traffic was interesting. But as you can see, it wasn't just cars we were dodging. It, there were horses and goats and cows. We, we actually, at one point in time, I don't know if Adam got a picture of it or not, but we were trying to take a picture of the, the cattle drive along the main street there while we were shopping. I did discover one other thing when I was shopping. I can't shop in Ethiopia. Uh, I'm a little too big. So there you go. I mean, it's just, Adam was almost too big, I think. You, you had a hard time, didn't you? I was like, Mike, Mike and Matt are these skinny guys, and they're sitting there looking, and they had to try to find things would fit. Yeah, but there, here's the goats. This is something you saw across the road uh, as we were driving through. Uh, goat markets everywhere. Uh, in fact, actually, we saw them butchering a goat behind one of the restaurants we were eating at. So at least we knew the meat was fresh. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, traffic like this. This was a regular occurrence, just horses, donkeys, whatever. Uh, this was actually outside of Ambo as we went around it. Ambo itself was a major college town. The main street was extremely busy, but you went across. Uh, gas stations. There's one at what? One on every block, pretty much in every town around here in the United States. I saw maybe four or five the whole time I was in Africa. I don't know where they got gas. It was, it was always interesting because, I mean, our driver always filled up while we weren't there. But it's like, wow, they, there was just not a lot of gas. So it's just some things I noticed going through Ethiopia. There was one other thing I did notice, and that was the, the kids. And I didn't get any pictures of that, but this is just one guy that was trying to sell us stuff while we were stopped at a light. Um, there were lots of kids, uh, basically in the main areas of Addis. Uh, they were trying to sell us candy bars. In fact, actually we had to shut our windows and Adam was actually told to keep his cell phone away from the window because they would come in and take them. Um, it was extremely sad. Uh, I actually, we witnessed one of them fighting over, or several of them fighting over a bag of bread, uh, literally beating each other to eat them, uh, grabbing the crumbs off the, the ground. Um, and yet they had piles of food in their hands that they wouldn't dare eat. Uh, they had to sell it. So that was pretty heartbreaking. This, this right here is a shop we were in. Uh, Mike and Matt, Mike had lost his luggage, so he's trying to find a shirt to wear to church the next day, and we're right there. So I'm kind of standing outside of it, Adam and I are, and we had this kid circling us, and uh, I noticed him, so I think he, he kind of went towards Mike and Matt, but he, they called us over and told us to be careful because they were pretty sure they were, he was trying to pit pocket us. I was like, so we had to kind of be careful, but it, it was just extremely sad seeing some of the young people were there in Addis and just to, to see what the situations they were in. So as we get started here, I like to look at this passage of scripture. This verse means a lot to me. It's been my life verse since I was in college. And if you looked at it as Romans 12 was read through, it was basically just some challenges for Christians 
and how to live their life. The gifts of grace, the marks of a true Christian. And Romans 12, 12 is nothing different. So let's look at that passage just one more time as before we get started and get into the word here. It says, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. As we rejoice in hope, you can see these wonderful little children here. These guys were all over the compound that we were at in Ambo. They would constantly grab one of us. Uh, they liked Adam and Greg best. Greg, probably because he would go up in the, the little playground they had and play with them. Uh, Greg was just a sap for it. Plus, he had the most Carmelo. Uh, we were actually told because we had the mints that Hazel gave us, and they liked the mints just fine, but Greg had chocolate. So he was the more popular one of all of us. So yeah, they, they, would, they would grab his hand and they would tell us Carmelo because that's, that's their word for candy. And uh, yeah, you can see that, that little girl on the left there. Oh, man. She was probably the most bold about it. I think she told Greg at one point in two time, she says, I don't feel good. I think I need Carmelo. Yeah, but every day she'd just sit there with a smile and try to grab one of our hands and tell us all about what she was doing. I had no idea what she was saying half the time. But as you see, she got a hold of Adam there for a little bit. Uh, every time we had a break, she would, she would go into one of the doors of the kids would. And just they, we, they were probably one of the greatest joys that we had right there and seeing the hope there. Because as I said about the children, it's not all the children. These kids were kids that were part of this compound there. They were, their mothers worked in helping us feed us every day. Uh, they had the coffee and the tea. We had coffee and tea every day, joyful that was. And uh, we, uh, they would do that. They would, fe- they would feed the uh, people there. We had 80 uh, students, 84, I think, right about there, and plus the guys that were working and the translators. I mean, there was well over 100 people there, and they fed and, and uh, made sure we were all taken care of the whole time. Uh, there was no kitchen there. there were, they did all their cooking over an open fire. You know, I actually watched it. And, and we're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. Go back for a minute there, Dennis, will you? Thank you. The next thing I really saw, and this really stood out to me, because we're talking about rejoicing in hope. This church family right here. We got to go to this church. It was Sabata Addis. And uh, it's the largest church, I think, in the area. Uh, as you can see, the building that they were in, they were renting the building. And it's not really a building. It's a, it was uh, wooden poles and tin. And they were renting the building, and they were telling us that they really wanted to get their own building. They were actually maxed out. We had to push our way through to get in there. Uh, they were very generous in letting us get through. Uh, but yeah, you ever want to feel like you don't stand in? You're sitting here with your backpack, you know, walking through here. I mean, it, it was interesting. To get there, it was actually, there was no road to get there. We had to walk up this gravelly, rocky area to get up to the church. And we could hear the music going as we started. And we'll, we'll look at the video now. You can go ahead and play that. This is what we walked into. Watch this little girl, this is my favorite part of the whole thing. 
can you imagine if our services were like that? <laughs> I mean, for one thing, we needed earplugs because it was loud. This does not do the justice of what, how loud it was. This is what we came into when we walked into uh, Ambo the first day. They were always singing when we got there. That was for about five, ten minutes when we walked in. And they'd been singing for at least a half hour to an hour from what I was told before we got there. They would get there and they would let us do our, our devotional. Uh, really interesting to do it with a, uh, a translator. Uh, I was pretty nervous about it. Uh, Matt Adams was the guy I was teaching with, thankfully. And we'll see a picture of him in just a minute here. But I go to him, I was like, uh, what do I do? How do I teach this? I say, I say do you have problems with that? And he goes, actually, it's great. He says, remember all those ums and ahs you always say when you're preaching? He says, you don't have to worry about that. They're, they do all the talking for you while you're umming. So it was, it was great. This is Matt Adams, and this is our translator, Alex. And I'll tell you right now, I rejoiced in hope in the fact that the name, his name I could pronounce. Uh, he was awesome. Really great. We talked a lot during this time. Uh, Matt was really great with working with me on it. I, Adam actually got to teach the whole class. Mike said, he says, I, I'm going to put you with Matt. Is that okay? And I'm like, you mean I don't have to teach all 10 lessons? Sounds great to me. So I, I, I got to teach with Matt. I got to watch him teach the first two classes, actually. And I'll be honest with you, I think I enjoyed watch, listening to him teach about the Revelation just as much as I enjoyed speaking about the Revelation. So it was just a lot of fun to do that, to rejoice in the fact that these guys, we had 20 guys in our group, 22, depending on what, whether they decided to go to another group or not. They did a lot of class hopping. I don't know why. I think they heard that Greg had better candy. Um, so yeah, but the, Greg had, I think, almost 30 students, and the rest of us kept getting smaller as we went. So I and everybody else had the mints because that's what I gave everybody else. So we had a bunch of the, So yeah, I think they all heard Greg had better candy. So that's where they were all at. But we had a really good time. Um, but it was awesome to see the guys there, to see the hope that they shared with uh, the other people, um, to hear some of their testimonies. We, we went around the room and asked them. Many of them had families. And if you look at the picture here in just a few minutes, you'll see how young they are. Most of them are probably in their early 20s, uh, preaching the word with no formal education. Uh, no formal education at all. Most of them have uh, just a very rudimentary thing. Uh, one of the things that I enjoyed most about teaching was the critiquing part. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I critiqued by myself, because Matt was very good about leaving me by myself. So I sat there, we were talking, and we did... One did a passage on Revelation chapter five, and he was or Revelation chapter four, and he was talking about how Christ was sitting on the throne, and uh, and I looked at him and and Theron, I was telling him this story, and he goes, he says, they give the Jesus Christ answer just like we do. I'm like, yes, you know, in those Sunday school classes when you always ask the question, who did this or that, and what's the usual answer from your kids, Jesus Christ. 
Yes, same thing in this class. We, I heard Jesus Christ a lot, and I actually knew what that word was, so I could actually say no. <laughs> so that was good. Um, but in this case, it was, it was referring to God the Father on the throne, not Jesus Christ. So I got to tell, tell them about that. Uh, the most interesting question I got to have was, uh, do I believe that the tribulation is going on right now? And uh, I normal question that we go through a lot of times is, uh, well, you know, you always throw the question back at them, so that's what I did. I was like, well, do you believe the tribulation's going on right now? And a very awkward silence, then a bunch of laughs happened, and a lot of words that I'd never understood, and I'm sitting there very awkwardly going like, okay, what's the joke? Uh, they actually wanted to see if they would make me feel uncomfortable. They did pretty good on that one. Um, but we, we got to talk about the differences in the tribulation, why we think what it is. We talked about, uh, Matt did a, an emphasis on all the different theories in uh, the book of Revelations, from dispensationalism to amillennialism, and so on and so forth. It was a lot of fun to be with a bunch of men that really wanted to learn about God. And really, they were so hungry to learn about the book of Revelations to try to get some of these things. Uh, we were basically talking about apocalyptic uh, literature, emphasis on Revelation. So we did other passages as well. Um, but it was just so much fun to see the, these guys learn and to, to be able to teach them. And to, to realize that these guys were really, uh, man, I guess the word would be dependent on what you had to say. They, were, they really did, and uh, it was so humbling to sit there and think that these were evangelists, these were pastors that were out spreading the gospel, that were hungry to learn about the God, and they just wanted to learn so much more. So it was so humbling to see that. We can go to the next slide there. This is a wonderful little picture. They asked us to share a family picture, and this is the one I showed. Um, this is the best one we had. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, Conrad's a colorful character. As you can see, he's even right now raising his hands. Um, and I, but there's a language barrier there, so you really have to be careful about what you say. So I was talking to Alex, and he pointed him out, and I said, yeah, that's Conrad. He's a little crazy. And, Con and Alex, with the seriousest face that he could, he says, oh, I'm so sorry. It took a while to explain what I meant by that. So poor Conrad was a little crazy for a few minutes in Africa. But yeah, so there's a language barrier there. But they were fascinated. I don't know how they did with your picture when they, you showed it, Adam, but uh, they were really fascinated with ours. I mean, maybe because of all the blonde kids? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's like, wow, look at that. It's poor kids. They look like him. Uh, I don't know, but they were really fascinated by it, so it was, it was really interesting to see that. And Some of them actually showed me photos of their families. That was really cool to see and to be able to pray for them that way. We can go to one more slide there. Yeah, This is Alex and I. I was trying to pose for this one because, you know, there was nothing uh, automatic about this one. So, you know, we're sitting there, and all the guys are laughing behind us, so it's hard to keep a straight face as we're trying to pretend we're teaching here. Uh, but this was our classroom. It was really a lot of fun uh, to do it. I mean, they were hour and a half classes. Uh, it wasn't too warm in there. We were there rainy season, so it was probably about 80 degrees in there. It wasn't too uncomfortable because it was a dry heat, not that humid heat that we have here. But here's Matt teaching. And I'll be honest with you guys, it was hard not to rejoice and to see what God was doing here in this, in this place. 
80 people. They have one more course, and that's going to be in September. And then Mike and his group are actually going to start another course. They're going to finish. They're going to go from Wednesday to Sunday with our group here, and then they're going to start another course Monday through Friday, starting all over again. And they've got like 80 to 90 people already set up to do that next course. It is just awesome to see what the Lord is doing here, and especially with these denominations here and these men as they're trying to learn. I always felt underdressed, though. They told us, it's like you can wear polo shirts. I mean, Adam wore cargo pants. I had dress pants. But uh, these guys all wore suit coats and stuff like that. Of course, it was their cold season, so they were wearing winter coats, some of them, and I'm sweating like crazy going, how in the world are you guys doing this? But, uh, yeah, you can see here's a picture of me and Alex together. And I, I really enjoyed his fellowship, uh, really enjoyed his t time. He is actually a pastor. Uh, he started a church. It grew really quickly, and he felt the Lord calling him to another area. And he is just doing Here's our class. You can see there was, I think I counted 20 guys there. And yes, they do have cell phones, believe it or not. I, ha I took a lot of selfies with guys. That, that was the big thing there, selfies. So I don't know. I might be all over social media in Africa. I never know. Uh, but you know, yeah, it was, there was a lot of them there. And the, the guys were just great. Um, most of them, uh, you know, they would joke around with us, and they did, which was great because I don't take things too seriously anyways. So it was a lot of fun to be with them. The next thing we're going to talk about is the next point I have. We talked about rejoicing in hope, and it was really hard not to rejoice in hope. Patient in tribulation. The last day we were there, this is why I really didn't want to drink coffee. I'm telling you, this was totally great. Um, Matt went to drink his coffee, and that's what he got out of his cup. If you can't see it, it's a little bug, actually about that big. Yeah, yeah he got that out of there. I'm so glad I don't drink coffee. I could tell you that right now. He goes, oh, this is horrible. Their avocado's like, do you want another cup? He's like, no, I'm good. So, yes, but that, that was just one of those things. He laughed about it now. We were all laughing about it afterwards, but that was not the most exciting thing. Patient during tribulation. We all think about this for a minute. We rejoice in hope, and what are we rejoicing in? We're not rejoicing in what's going on right now. We're rejoicing in the hope of what God is going to give to us each and every day. We talked about the guys that I just talked about and gave you a testimony about and the churches that we went and visited. They were not excited about the situations they were going into. In fact, many of them would come to us, especially uh, Adam, and, and, and tell them about the needs of their churches, what they needed. The, the church that we were actually at, they, uh, in Addis, or Sabata Addis, they need a new church building. They actually have opportunity to buy the land behind it. But... They need money. So there's just so many things here. We talk about tribulation, and this is the one thing I'm going to mention here. I learned that Adam has horrible direction skills. <laughs> horrible. I learned that Rachel was the navigator, and I could see why. Here's a question for you, this next slide here. What country is the city of Lome in? Say that again. You already know. It's not fair. What country is the city of Lome in? Any idea? Geography lessons. Okay, I'll give you a hint. We, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a hint here. Uh, it is actually the capital of where Coco Loco lives. Wow, you guys knew that one. Yeah, Adam didn't know that. So we were sitting there, and uh, he goes to the missionary friend. I'm sorry, what was his name again? Honore. He goes, hey, 
have a safe trip. How much longer until you get to Togo? We're in Lome. How much longer until you get to Togo? And he sat there with, it was great. I loved it. I was sitting there dying. But uh, he goes, in the most patient voice I could hear in my life, he goes, Lome is actually the capital of Togo. You're in Togo right now. <laughs> and his face is turning to be red. Oh, okay. I told that to everybody. I thought it was great. So it's been hard to keep that a secret so long. So yes, if you need directions, don't get them from Adam. It'll be fun. But no, so that was a going joke. And then he proceeded to try to make the joke about Dublin. He says, maybe we'll get to Ireland if we go to Dublin too. You never know. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was one of those things. So patient during tribulation. There you go. So we got home all right. But thankfully, Matt drove us home. Uh, so there we are. We go for the next one here. Our accommodations were less than stellar, I'll be honest with you. This is, and Adam showed this the other day. This is actually where the guys were staying. This is the dorm rooms that they were staying in. Just mattresses on the floor. There were no shower facilities. Um, yes, the smell got wonderful in the classrooms, especially when it started raining heavy and we had to shut the doors. Uh, so it was, a, it was an interesting time, but th I never heard any complaining. This was our hotel room. Um, this was Mike's room. Uh, he, He's not sure what happened to the toilet paper there, but he didn't use it. Go figure. Uh, yeah, we can see that. And uh, yeah, this is our shower accommodations. They, they supplied sandals for us. We didn't use them. Uh, at least I didn't. I don't know. This was Matt Adams' room, actually. Uh, he had a puddle in his room the whole time he was there. I'm not sure why. Greg actually had one under his bed. Um, mosquitoes were interesting the whole time we were there. A very, there was a lot of them. Uh, I, did, I, I did have find a use for the sandals they, they provided for us. They made great fly swatters um, for the roaches and the, uh, the mosquitoes. In fact, I didn't take a picture of it, but I opened the armoire and I actually hung a pair of pants on the armoire and found five roaches crawling across my pants. Uh, it's like I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Uh, this was Mike's room. He said it was kind of stained. As you can see, there's some stains on those things there. They don't wash the bedding there at all. And uh, we, we were safe. They locked us in at night. In fact, actually, I, the last night I was there, they had dog, wild dogs were everywhere while we were there. And uh, I heard them barking, and I, and I heard this squealing sound. And I was, it was the most interesting sound. So I go to Ficado afterwards. I'm like, hey, it, were there monkeys outside our room? And he goes, what? I was like, well, I heard this squealing sound. The dogs were barking at something. He goes, oh, no, those were hyenas. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, they, they come into the city at night. They'd go scavenging. Oh. And he goes, why? Don't you guys have hyenas where you live? No. <laughs> no, we don't have hyenas. So like when we talk about bears, you know, coming and getting into our garbage, hyenas do that for them. So I felt safer like this, actually. But yeah, this was, this was our accommodations while we were there. And we, we didn't have water most of the time, which was actually hilarious because I, I always tried to take a shower at night. I, f I was told that makes you feel cooler when you're sleeping. Adam didn't do that. And he didn't have water the next day. He's, he's texting everybody about 6 o'clock. He goes, anybody have water? We're all like, no. He's, he's like, are they going to turn the water on? You should have heard him how many times he asked, are they going to turn the water on today? Are we going to, it's like, I don't know, but I hope they do soon. We're driving in that van with them. So, no, actually, we, the accommodations weren't the greatest, I'll be honest with you, but we joked about it so much. I had never laughed so much about things like this in my life. 
And it was just, and I think it was a lot of the attitude with the other guys that were there. They knew what they were expecting and they just didn't care. They were so patient through it all. The stomach issues that some of us were having, Mike was great about asking us every day. Uh, he was great about talking about the, th the hotel rooms and you know, just things, he'd joke about it uh, and everything else. We, we did have to take a COVID test. Incidentally, they stopped the COVID uh, testing uh, Sunday. We came back Saturday. So we still had to have a COVID test. And you ever know, you notice how like in the early schedules of that where they really pick your brain when you did that? Yeah, that nurse never got the memo, you don't have to do that anymore. Oh, that hurts. Oh, man, that was Mike there. And he says, don't take a picture of me. So what did Matt do? He took a picture. So I had to share it. So yeah, there we are with our COVID test. Uh, so we had to have that our last day. And then, this was in the most interesting thing. Um, I studied for, I, Wednesday was my opportunity to share what the Lord was doing in, in our lives and give a, a uh, devotional. So I got up there, or well, I, we were in the van and we went to breakfast at another place and we came, I went there and so I went to go grab my notes to look at them before I got to speak that day and realized I left, I must have packed my notes in my suitcase. So I had no notes as I got up there before. Thankfully I have notes today, right? So we're, going, we're doing all right. But I had no notes as I went up there. And uh, not only did I have no notes, but I had no translator when I walked up there. So I got up there and I'm like, good morning. And they're all like, good. They knew what that was. So they all said good morning. And I'm sitting there going, I can't say anything else. You don't know what I'm saying. Finally, they started laughing. Alex came up and, and did it. So, but uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was a bit nervous getting up there because I was like, oh, Lord, please give me the words to say. So I'm going to say right now that the devotional was totally God, not me. Uh, but that was, that was an interesting situation as we got up there, you know, just little, little things like that. But I really, as we think about what I've just talked about, does any of these things sound horrible? For a first world country, yes, it sounds terrible. Who wants to deal with roaches and who wants to deal with bed bugs? And yes, there were bed bugs. Uh, who wants to deal with mosquitoes and who wants to deal with puddles in your room and, and forgetting notes and all these little things that I just mentioned? But there really are just first world problems. Do you, we actually, and I, this one really emphasized what I, I, I really thought as we went through here, because Mike goes, it's like we talked about it because the rooms were kind of questionable. And we go, hey, should we move? And we said, what do you think Ficado would think? And, Ficado, and Mike said it point blank. He said, Ficado is just used to this. This is just the way they live. Bed bugs are a part of life. Roaches going through their, their thing are a part of life. This is what they do. It's not a big deal to them. In fact, we actually had a spider's nest break in our van. We had wonderful little spiders going through our van. And so we, we got a bunch of them killed, but there were still a bunch of them crawling around. And of course, being the nice guys that we are, we let Mike Rudolph sit there and watch, watch them crawl over his leg. We were horrible. Uh, but that was funny. No one's laughing. I laughed hysterically on that one. I'm telling you, he doesn't like bugs. It's great. Um, and he, trust me, he wasn't nice to us a lot of times, was he there, Adam? <laughs> he's the one that told us we, went, we got ready to go to our church I'll share this one thing with this he told us about the church there and he says actually the year before that a bunch of people had uh, been beheaded and got killed a bunch of uh, Protestants had got killed uh, in a Muslim uprising right before we went to the church so we went there and this is, this is great they were praying over us at the end of the, the message 
And uh, Taye, our translator, came up and he goes, he says, they're praying for you. I introduced myself as one of the deacons of Covington Baptist Church. And he goes, they're praying for you. They're praying that you be like Stephen. And I sat there looking. I'm like, what? (laughs) Why can't we do Philip? Philip's great. He lived. Stephen didn't. So we're talking about, you know, so Mike was really great about telling us worst case scenarios before we went to some place. And then said that we, right before we flew out, he was flying on a different plane. He told us all about a plane crash that happened right before he left one day. I think he got a statistic joy out of it. I don't know. But no, Mike was, yeah, that's, those little things like that were great. So, but patient during tribulation, but all the tribulation in this world, and that's why God tells us this. We rejoice in the hope. We rejoice in, what, in the hope of what God has done for us in our lives, and we could see that through all this stuff. Patient during tribulation, even when you break down. And then, like I said, we, Matt got us home safely, so it was great. All through this thing, it didn't matter. I mean, honestly, I think the only time I really got a little upset was when that one lady in, in the United Air was so rude to us. I called Kim up, and she got the, the bun of it. And she says, have you slept? I'm like, only about two hours. She says, sit down for a minute. And she <laughs> told me to calm down. But through that all, I think we really handled it fairly well because it didn't matter. We really did have a good time, didn't we? And it was a, tri- it was a tribute to what God does because he says things are going to happen. He's not promising us a good life. But he promises us that he'll take care of us, and that's where the rejoicing and hope comes. Let's look at the last point here in this verse as we talk about these testimonies. Be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. There are so many things that need to be prayed for, and I want to mention just a couple. And please pray for these guys right here. I got a couple of their names, and honestly, I'll butcher them if I even try to pronounce them, but there were so many testimonies in my class of men that were growing churches they were learning so much, and we had guys that were in there. And in fact, actually, one of the greatest things that I, saw, I thought while we were doing it is Mike was actually going through, and he'd go through the classes, and he was trying to find men that, were so, that stood out, because you know why? Because he wanted to train them to be able to teach the courses of this class next. So not only were we training these guys to go out and to preach to the gospel to other, the other parts of the nation there. But we're also training them to be able to teach other men to do the same thing. Lord willing, we'll see in this next go-around men from the surrounding area of Ambo and even in other areas come back and teach the same course they just took. We got to see that. Continue to be in prayer for these men as there are a lot of them coming through war-torn areas. There's civil war going on in Ethiopia. Uh, We didn't see much of it. We did see the soldiers, which was always interesting. Uh, I saw more assault rifles than I think I've seen in a while. Um, But we didn't get to see too much of it, thankfully. Uh, We we actually had some power outages. I thought it was just because we were in a third world country. No, it turns out they turned the power out to disrupt communications for the rebels because they're after them. So you, di- you didn't go out after 7 o'clock at night. That was just foolish. Everybody told us that. Uh, so, yeah, we enjoyed it. Uh, continue to be in prayer for them. Can we go to the next slide there? Yeah, pray for Alex. Uh, he's starting up a new church right now. Uh, it's extremely poor area. Uh, he, when we prayed, and actually one of the greatest things I saw there, we actually, at the end of Lesson 9, it calls for us to sing and to pray. Uh, Adam showed you one of the, the videos of them singing. 
I didn't get a video of them praying. I wish I did, but we were actually praying ourselves, so I guess that was more holy. Um, but uh, it was so loud, I was actually screaming at the top of my lungs to be able to hear as I was praying for Alex. So that, that was just how much these men were praying for one another, and you just hear that with them. Be in prayer for Fakadu and Barnabas. Barnabas is actually Fakadu's son. He's studying to be a lawyer. Uh, Fakadu is, and Adam mentioned his ministry a little bit, he is ministering to uh, single ladies and children, much of which that garbage area is where you'll find a lot of them. Some of them have HIV. Uh, Ethiopia is very much an area where men dominate, so they will take advantage of young ladies, they will impregnate them, and they will give them AIDS and throw them to the side. Ficado's uh, ministry is to help take care of these, guys, these ladies and children, to help get them these ladies' jobs, and to help the children get an education. So be in prayer for him as he does it. But he also does so many things. That guy's so busy. I don't know how he does it all. Uh, but he, he also, be in prayer for the ministry at Ambo. Like I said, we, we saw the, uh, the dorm rooms there. Be in prayer for them because up to, down there towards the restroom, you see that in the far corner there, uh, to the left of the, the school building, they want to build a dorm. Uh, their goal is to be able to fit 50 students, 50 men, 50 women in those dorms. And bunk beds, he said. But uh, they need prayer for that. Is That's the next project they want to do. Uh, so continue to be in prayer for that. Uh, I was extremely impressed with Mike. Didn't get, I didn't know him before this, except for introducing him with the missions group and, and that Adam knew him. Uh, but I got to hear his testimony and minister with him for the week. And man, oh man, what a great man of God he is. Uh, he just so humble so uh, excited about what the ministry is doing and just he puts his head down and does things it doesn't doesn't let things bother him he told us stories uh, I won't share them with you maybe he'll share one time or maybe if you want to maybe Adam and I can share them later but it'll take too much time but he told us stories of some of the things he's done dealt with in Ethiopia it would never I would never want to go back but he he just keeps going back and uh not only that, but he's branched out his ministry in, in just so many ways. He's traveled to so many countries. In fact, between the Ethiopia trip in December, or was it January? January, and our Ethiopia trip in June, he had traveled to Africa like four times during that time uh, to different countries. And just be in prayer for his family because that's a lot of time away from his family. Uh, be in prayer for Matt. And I misspelled Matt. How about that? Anyway. It's the only spelling mistake I've seen so far. So if you've seen other ones, don't tell me. Uh, be in prayer for Matt. Uh, Matt is actually getting ready to become a missionary to Ethiopia himself. Him and his wife were there. His wife came. She was, what, seven months pregnant? I think six months pregnant, somewhere around there. And came to Ethiopia. How many of you ladies like to do that? Yeah, she did that. They are expecting their sixth girl. So bless him for keep trying. Uh, but yeah, they're expecting a sixth girl, and uh, they are actually planning on, in 2024, moving to Ethiopia as missionaries uh, and working directly with TLI and helping the efforts there as well as being missionary to there. Continue to be in prayer for them. Be in prayer for Greg. Uh, Greg, his testimony was awesome. Um, this was, I think, his, I think he told me it was his 12th uh, missions trip with TLI. And he fully funds it himself. He pays for everything himself. Um, 
he just has such a great burden to teach the people. Uh, he went to Ethiopia to the Ambo site several different times, but he's been to other sites as well. And he just has a great burden for it. To hear his testimony of what he's done, he's a single man that just feels the burden there. So he takes his vacation time, and this is what he does. He goes and teaches. And, and Mike told us other testimonies of what he's done. So just continue to be in prayer for him. He does not, his health is not the greatest when he gets there. He has a lot of stomach issues, and he just keeps going. I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, do be in prayer for this church. I already mentioned it before, but they are trying to, everywhere we went, I always found it interesting because I told Mike this. I said, I feel like we're listening to a commercial. Uh, the pastors actually came out after we did. They, they were still worshiping when we left the church. But the pastors actually came out and they shared their need to get a new building. That this building right here, and this is the building they were renting. Beautiful, isn't it? Um, they, 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 they wanted to get, the, the landlord doesn't want to rent it to them anymore. They need a new building. And so they actually had an opportunity to buy the land out behind that. Uh, so be in prayer for them that the Lord can supply the needs there. Be in prayer for these p- church leaders. There are so many of them there. There's Ficado there. Uh, you can see Matt there. Um, Taye was one of our, uh, Alam, another one of our translators. Uh, Lemmy was there, uh, just another one of our translators. Just be in prayer for these men. They are all church leaders in the Sabata Baptist Church there. Um, we got to talk with them. We got to meet with them. Uh, just wonderful people. Taye, one of the jokes I always would say, uh, it sounded funny to me, as I always bragged about the, how I got to be in Africa and Kim didn't. And I would tell the guy, the, everybody that would listen to me that one because they thought they would laugh at it. So I thought it was great. Um, but Taye kept telling me, he says, uh, you know, Kim, he says, you need to take Kim with you next time. You need to bring your wife with you. I'm like, I'm sitting there as I'm watching the roaches go by. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll bring Kim with me, no problem. But uh, actually, I told Kim about it, and she's like, well, I'll just have to make sure I do this and this. So she, she's still willing to go, believe it or not. So keep in prayer for these guys right here. So what did I learn? What did God teach me during all this? Well, Adam and I talked about this at the end, and uh, I shared with him this, but I'll, I'll tell you, there was a lot of prep to do this. Uh, TLI gives us a checklist of things to do. I have never traveled internationally, ever. So this is my first experience of uh, doing that. And so I had to get a passport. I never knew how to do that, so I had to learn how to do that. I had to get all the shots. There were several of them. Some of them were kind of expensive, and thankfully, uh, other church families helped me out with those things. And uh, really, this church family, I thank you so much for all the help you guys did to send Adam and I. It was just truly a blessing not to have to worry about trying to come up with the money for that. Uh, But there were so many things. I think Rachel's favorite thing for our checklist, because Adam and I would go back and forth on what we needed to bring, her favorite thing was the fanny pack, I think. Yeah, she loved the fanny pack. Kim loved it too. They would joke back and forth at us, laugh at all the things. Kim would laugh because she saw Adam in the the, uh, camping aisle in Walmart a couple different times. So she thought it was great. that we. But there was all these things, and these were all things that I could control. So I had checklists and everything else. I would go through all that. I did all the checklists, and then I went on the trip. And then I realized one important thing. There is no way in the world I'm on... I have to rely on people to do everything. And if you know me at all, I don't like relying on anybody ever. I, I hate asking people for things. 
So you probably why you don't hear me ask that often. And I got there, and it's like I, we, on the trip, I mean, Adam was driving, so I was relying on him, and you saw his direction skills. Um, and then we got on the plane, and then it's like, and Mike was giving us tips on how to, to fly and, and all that stuff, and we got into Addis, and no one spoke English. And our, our, Adam had a harder time than I did. I got a nice lady. I don't know what happened to him. I, apparently, he looked suspect. I don't know. Must have been that smile. I don't know. But he had a hard time getting in there. But I was like, every step of the way, we were dependent on Fikadu or Taye or Mike or, in my case, Matt. I could do nothing on my own because I didn't know. I was relying on somebody else. And, Matt, and Adam asked me, what did I learn? And I learned, I said, I, said, I think the, the most important thing I learned through all of this just going through that life verse. Because what is the main theme of everything in that life verse there? Rejoicing in hope. Patient during tribulation. Constant in prayer. Is that we have to trust in him. We have to trust in God. What did I learn through all this? That all my self-confidence, everything I could do, everything that I trusted in, meant nothing when I had to go out in faith. And trust me, I, I did not want to go to Africa. I was talking to a, uh, Ian McNett the other day, and he goes, he says, that's really cool that you went there. And I said, I tell you right now, I was scared out of my mind the whole time. <laughs> but I went. And my dad said one time, because I was sitting there telling him I was scared, and he goes, you don't have to go. And I looked at him, I said, yeah, I do. He said, God told me I had to go. So I had to go. My question for you today as I've shared this testimony, what's God telling you? Is there something in your life that God's telling you to do and you don't trust him enough to do it? Are you rejoicing in the fact that God's got this? Are you patient through the the tough times in our lives? Is your go-to to pray I pray that that's the case for each and every one of us. And that if it isn't, that God would teach you these things. Better now than later, amen?